All right, team, we're back for our final episode of season two. This is our grand final preview show. Uh, I can't believe the season has flown by so quickly. But before we get, uh, before we reminisce too much and get too carried away, let's dive into our little pre-show chat. Mickey, the question I've got for you is uh, predict the finish for your team uh, heading into season 2023. So obviously we know you you love your Bondi uh, Sydney Roosters. Um, it was a bit of an interesting season for you this year, but um, what does that mean for you looking ahead to next year? Where do you think the Roosters are going to finish? Oh, I have no idea. I'm oh, maybe like top five, six would be nice. <laughs> um I don't know, it'd just be interesting because we've got like um, hectic cheese coming in and a few little changes like that. So it'd be interesting to see how that all gels and then see from there. But I'm I'm hoping at least top six and then obviously grand final, that'd be ideal. Yeah, I love you trying to lower expectations on the Roosters. I can see <laughs> what you're doing. Mate, they're, they're, they're a top four team in, in my opinion. Um they just injuries have been a big thing. The other the other thing's head knocks. You know, how about we just get through an entire season, no more HIAs. You guys have had enough of that. No more head knocks. Everyone's just fit and healthy. Like honestly, if the Sydney Roosters can get their entire top thirty through, you know, maybe a couple of minor injuries here or there, they're a top four team. They just need everyone yeah. on the field together and really sort of come out at, at you know. To, to start the season really, really strong. And, yeah, I, I agree. I think Brandon Smith's going to be a big one. I, I think, you know, I think a lot of people have fallen out of love with the cheese for some reason. There's a little bit of awkwardness around him. I, I don't know whether it's on-field, off-field, but, you know, you know, he, he maybe he wasn't, you know, that sort of dynamic player that he was at his absolute peak. So there's going to be a lot of interest around him. But, look, any team with Tedesco in it, Joey Manu, Sammy Walker, yeah. you know, he's <laughs> going to have another four kilos of muscle on him. You wait to see that selfie that hits Instagram in about, you know, about, you know, three months' time. Uh, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. All right, that's enough uh, of me procrastinating to answer the question around my beloved Newcastle Knights. Where are we going to finish in season 2023, not last, uh, I think is kind of where my mindset's at at the moment. Uh, no more wooden spoons in our future. Um, look, I the finals are out of reach uh, for the Knights next season based on the roster that we've got together at the moment. Um, we've got a young, we've got a couple of young uh, Pommy kids um, on their way, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to get them in for season 2023. They'll be rolling in in 2024. That's Kai Pierce, Paul, and uh, Will, P- uh, Will Price, um, Leon's um, son. So I think you know there's a little bit of talent there, but at the end of the day, you know Clifford Clune. I, 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 you know that's just not the answer for the Newcastle Knights. They really need to try and. Uh, bring in someone. Are they going to be able to bring someone in for season 2023? I don't think so. Are they going to be able to compete for an absolute superstar to bring in in season 2024? Also, I'm not sure about that. Is the answer bring, uh, moving Kalen Ponga into, into the uh, sixth jersey? Absolutely not. So there's just a lot of questions in and around uh, the football team at the moment. One player who I do like the look of, though, is Christian Mapalangi. We spoke about him in last year's preseason as a player who I thought had a little bit of talent. He's got the size, he's got the ability. Maybe he's a young half that we could invest in as well. But again, where is that veteran Adam Reynolds type halfback going to come from? Uh, well, only, you know, time will tell. All right, well, here we are, a grand final preview. No time to waste. Let's dive into the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always 
you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the NRL show, season two, episode 61. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, the voice you heard is the great Mickey, uh, as we get to preview this incredible grand final. Mickey, I don't know about you, but let's let's just dive straight into our breakdown, because we get to feature the biggest game on the calendar. It is the Battle of the West, the grand final, the Penrith Panthers taking on the Parramatta Reels. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Mickey, let's talk about this one. Now, I, I was hoping to be sitting here on the podcast wearing my cowboy Akubra hat. Um, ride them, Cowboys. I was all aboard the Cowboys train, but unfortunately... Wasn't meant to be. Uh, Mitchell Moses sort of dropping back as quarterback, which I thought was interesting, you know, sort of throwing that to a receiver. I thought that was a different sport. But anyway, um, can't be too salty about it. The Cowboys had their opportunities in that second half and weren't able to ice them. So here we go. The Parramatta Reels are here. Mickey, this is good to see, though. You know, the Parramatta Reels, they've been a team that has been consistently in that top four, year in, year out. Um, Somehow there's pressure on Brad Brad Arthur, Every few weeks, again, as a Newcastle Knights fan, I would love the the I, I guess the the dissatisfaction of coming forth each and every year. But they've done it; they've broken through, and I guess this really is, you know, it, it's the perfect time. You know, with Reed Marnie moving on next year, as I Papali moving on as well, you really felt like this this was a huge game for the Parramatta Reels, and here they are; they punched their ticket to the grand final. Yeah, definitely was it. Big game on Saturday. Um, and as you're saying, like Cowboys had their opportunities and because I'm a bit, I don't know, I'm a bit sick of seeing everyone talk about that forward pass, but that was like the first try of the game. <laughs> there was like a whole game ahead of them. Anything could have happened. Um, yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see what it's- happens. I'm I'm jumping on the power bandwagon, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, well, it's, you know, obviously, you know, they're the underdogs and they're trying to unseat the champions. So, you know, let's see that, see if they can get it done. Uh, all right, well, where to start here? Let's talk about some of their big hitters. I, I do want to give um, a big shout-out to Regan Campbell-Gillard, RCG. Mickey, there was a few players that really stood up last week. They're going to have to step up again and probably take it to that next level, um, obviously coming up against the Panthers. What about RCG? I mean, two two tries. He was just absolutely unstoppable. If Parramatta are going to be any chance, him and Junibolo, they're really going to have to leave from the front. They're going to absolutely have to tear this game open. They were the best players on the field last week. Can they do it again? I think so. I think, yeah, RCG, oh, he was just, just there all at the right moments. Um, I was thinking just before when I was, um, before we jumped on, I was like, I feel like him and yeah, he he'll need to be there um, through that middle to break everything. Is it the is the power in the mo? Is is it was that the oh, secret to? <laughs> I would think so. If he got rid of that, I'd be a bit worried. So hopefully that's still there next weekend. Oh, look, um, it, it just his leg speed. You know, obviously he is a massive human being, but you know, you know, you sort of look at him and 
when he first makes that contact, you kind of think that he's under control and the defense is going to wrap him up. But just he's that incredible leg leg strength, those post-contact meters, his ability to kind of drag defenders um, across the line. You know, Junior Bowler's been doing this for quite a while. He's been devastating. You know, obviously a different sort of frame. You know, he's a little nugget that, you know, is so dynamic, one of the best forwards in the game. I think RCG just sent a little message out to the world to say, hey, you know, don't forget about me. And, you know, with the World Cup around... RCG goes through these purple patches of form, and I think Parramatta Reels fans are just going to be hoping that he can continue it on for one more game, uh, eighty more minutes, and you know it could be the difference between them holding up the holding up the trophy or not. Yeah, I think as well. Like as you were saying, with his height, like every time he steps, it's probably equal to like three of the guy on the <laughs> other team's steps because he's just got that height. So exactly right, seven meters makes every, it easy every time he takes one step. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, can't relate. I'm, I'm five foot nothing <laughs> over here, but uh, there we go with RCG. All right, well, let, let's move our way through that. Um, Cliff Gutherson, Mickey, it, it's great to see. I mean, you know, you, you look to think about, you know, that moment where the captain lifts up the trophy to win a premiership. Could you imagine what that moment would be like for Clint Gutherson? I mean, he is a guy who has just given, he's, you know, since moving from Manly, he's just been seen as that battler. You know, he's not James Tedesco. He's not that out-and-out superstar, but he just battles each and every week, and he's got very, very close to representative honours. He's an incredible leader. He epitomises what Parramatta is all about. Talk to me a bit. Talk to me about that. I mean, if 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 Gutho could win a premiership, that would be pretty special. Yeah, I think it would, and I think like it definitely would be. And I don't know. I kind of feel like he has been a little bit underrated. So um, I feel like it'd be good so he can sort of like you know show everyone that he is you know, a really good player. Like he's he's a force to be reckoned with and is a good chance of getting representative jerseys. Like I've always like I've always said if Teddy is ever injured and they need a full back for New South Wales, like I would be happy to see Clint Throw that Blues jersey yeah. on over Teddy, like if he was injured. So. If, he, if he gets it, if he, you know, you know, and again, you, you literally Mitchell, Tom Travoyevic, you know, there's just so many superstars out there. But you know, let's just for a moment, just just not forget about Gutho and what he's done for the game, what he's done for this club, and I don't know, it, it just you know, the narrative around around that, I think, would be pretty special. All right, well, you know, obviously looking at their edges, Wonga Blake, you know, that that, that edge has been a little bit suspect. I think Parramatta, they're going to test it out, but. You know, if you flip it over to the other side, Mike Acevo and Will Penasini, um, you know, Mickey, I, I don't know. I, I just, when you, when you look at Parramatta and you think about some of, you know, where where a lot of their their attack's going to come from, um, you know, we'll talk about Sean Lane in a second, but Sevo, Penasini, I don't know. I, 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 the club's already come out and said that Penasini is a big part of their future. You know, I, I think they're going to wrap him up in terms of a long, long-term contract. He could be a, a you know a massive star in our game moving forward, and Mike Asiva, I, I just I don't know I I feel like he's just got one massive breakout game left in him where he goes out and scores a hat trick. Talk to me a little bit about that combination, Sivo Penasini. There's a lot to like there for the Eels heading into this one. Yeah, I feel like um, well I had money on Mike Asiva on the weekend to be first try scorer, so I'm a bit salty about that. He's got the wrong time of the game for me. Um, but, you know, I've been liking that combo. I think if they're keeping Penasini, like, for that long term, they need to keep Micah there as well. Um, I can't really see Micah in a different colour jersey either. So um, they just, yeah, they just gel and work together so well. I don't know if it's like a, like, 
big little brother combo sort of thing happening. I I think so. There's just something a little bit about Will. You know, he's just got a little bit of that flair and in the biggest moments, you know, sometimes a little bit too much for these younger guys. But I don't know. There's just something special about his pedigree, what he's about. He could have a big moment. And Sivo, look, he's one of the best best finishers in the game. You know, I know he has his moments, but... You know, all Parramatta Eels fans will be behind him. You know, this is the semi Radra moment where he steps out of that shadow and really, you know, has his massive game. And, you know, this is a really uh, big opportunity for him. Speak, yeah. Speak, I, yes. Well, we'll speak. Sorry, about- I was just going to say, I just also feel like since his injury, like he's just still lacked that little bit of confidence that we normally see. So we just, I think hopefully, like he's, I, Pretty sure I saw these families coming out for the game. It's going um, to be big, and that, that, yeah, that, that's a huge call out, Mickey. You can see it, it's the pace, isn't it? Like he doesn't, you know, he's not going to score an eighty meter try in the grand final, but he, you know, ten meters out, you strip, you strip um, Penrith. You know, you, you strip that defense down, and he's going to be able to score in the in in the corner or run over the top of someone. No, really good call out. He's coming off that ACL this year, and. You know, we're only just starting to see the best of him. Sorry, before I really interrupted you, I was just about to throw throw over to Dill Dill Brown. You know, for me, Mickey, it's just a simple game plan from Dylan, and that is to run the ball. I think one of the things that's underestimated about Dylan is he is he's such a big body, and you know, he's one of the most dynamic players in our game. I know he doesn't look like it. I know he doesn't look like someone who's going to run over the top of someone, but. In terms of five eights, he's one of the best runners we've got. Probably, you know, alongside Jack Whiten. I don't know. I just feel like Dylan. He doesn't need to sit deep. He doesn't need to get too cute here. If things are not really happening, I think he needs to tuck the ball, run, keep keep the Panthers' uh, defense honest, and really try and play fast up over the advantage line. Talk to me a little bit about Dylan Brown again. Another big opportunity for him. Yeah, again, it's sort of just like that simple footy, like not trying to overcomplicate it. I think that's what he does really well. Um, just yeah, run it. Just running straight instead of like. You know, obviously sometimes there's those few gooses and sidesteps and stuff, but sometimes just that straight running just gets you through and over the line. Like, you know, as I said, like people try to just overcomplicate it. Exactly. And, and, and just, sometimes I think he's all right with he, just keeping it simple. And if you just watch him in those early, early moments of the game, if it's pass, 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 you know, I, I just think a couple of early runs will just put the defence on the back foot and say, okay, well, you know, he's willing to kind of test me out today. I'm really going to have to, you know, not not sit off him and slide. So, yeah, Dill Brown, he can, you know, he can sort of open up some opportunities for his outside men if he gets that running game going. All right, Mickey, uh, let's talk a little bit about Mitchell Moses and the men of the hour. Obviously, it's been an emotional period for him. He did lose a family member. Our condolences go out to Mitchell Moses with his grandparents there, um, grandparent that he lost, but also he welcomed a new child into the world. You know, obviously watching all that virtually, the sacrifice. I mean, Mitchell Moses has been one of the most coveted, players, you know, he's been absolutely slammed at times in the media. He He's just, I mean, he's just so polarizing. But here on the Mojo Sports Podcast, we have been consistent. We love what he's about. We love his maturity. We love his development this year. And, you know, there's just been so many things that he's improved over time. But if I had to pick one thing that I think's really been impressive has been his kicking game and his game management. Mitchell Moses, he's in career best form at the moment. And, uh, you know, it, it's pretty special for him. Yeah, definitely. I was, as soon as like I saw all the articles come out that his missus had had that baby the day of the game, I was like, oh, crikey, I hope that Parramatta win just <laughs> so then it's like worth missing the birth of his first child. Um, so 
but yeah, no, his his game's definitely. Oh, he's just yeah, as you said, career best form. I can I know I've seen like some things that Tigers are going to be coming after him and want him back and all this sort of stuff. And I don't blame I don't blame them. Get like all the old squad back together, but Look, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I was hoping that he had a you know a bit of a quiet, disappointing finals campaign, and the Knights could throw that Tigers money at him. But look, Mitchell <laughs> Moses, after winning that, getting his team into the grand final, potentially winning one, he's going to be a Parramatta real for life. So yeah, all those clubs out there that are sniffing around him, uh, absolutely no chance, no chance yeah. at all. All right, well, let's move our way through the rest of this roster. Reed Marnie, uh, this is his moment, obviously, moving on to the Bulldogs. Um, you know, they're a team on the rise, but the Bulldogs won't be winning any premierships next year. So, you know, this is probably, you know, his last opportunity to play in the grand final for, you know, a few years before the Bulldogs, you know, really sort of build up and get themselves to where they need to be. So, you know, Reed, he has been, again, a player who's been a little bit unlucky. You know, he's in that Clint Gutho sort of space where, He's been, you know, one of the best players in our game. He's been in and around representative football, but, you know, injuries probably denied him a couple of opportunities as well. So, again, if Reed Marnie was able to sign off as a Parramatta Real with a premiership, I think that would be that would be pretty special. Mickey, a player that we cannot move forward without talking about is Sean Lane. And when I think about the statues that will be made, and there will be if Parramatta win this premiership, I mean, there's so many players to choose from in terms of who that statue could be, but it's got to be Sean Lane, right? He is absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, he's absolutely, you know, he's causing absolute chaos on the edge. He'll be in the, he'll be in the Kangaroos um, squad for the World Cup. There's absolutely no question about it. Um, I'm just thinking about the size of the statue, some work health and safety issues, and just got to make sure that thing's tied down. It could probably take out um, some people. Talk to me a little bit about Sean Lane because realistically. He has been their X factor throughout the finals. Yeah, he's just like gone into beast mode and it's been unreal. Like, I don't know, he's sort of a player I haven't really like taken much notice of until the final series, um, to be honest. I don't know, maybe I'm just oblivious and I don't know. But yeah, I saw like a few weeks ago in one of the games, I saw him in an interview and I was like, oh, who's this guy? And then, yeah, ever since then, I've just he's just been there and he's just been so consistent through that, this, yeah, as you said, final series. So, and that body type, it's just you know, we haven't seen it uh, for a long time, it's unique, it causes defenses a lot of challenges. And again, that little short ball on the edge, it creates space for the outside backs because you know, if, if they fake to lane on that short ball and they go out the back, it, it's just you know, they you have to be honest in defense and you have to be ready to take on Sean Lane. And he's beating that first defender each and every time. And that's why he's getting so many meters because it's absolute carnage. He's beating that defender. He's rolling down the field. He's then able to somehow, um, you know, get away a quick play the ball as well. Sean Lane, what a player. Um, And this is a big moment for him as he looks to sort of step up. You know, there's going to be some interesting situations in and around the bench at the time of recording. We don't know what that final team would look like. If Jake Arthur steps out on that football field, if he's able to have um, his own Cleary moment, you know, with his dad, I, I th- again, I think that would be pretty special. And imagine dropping your son for the grand final. So anyway, we won't get into the <laughs> Arthur debate at the moment, but all I would say is I think that would be pretty special if um, Jake is able to force his way into that 18 and be there or thereabouts for the Parramatta Reels. And I think as well, like, I don't know, Parramatta fans have been a bit funny about that whole situation. So it'd also be a bit of an FU moment, I guess, if, like, it all works and he does come out and play and, you know, maybe even win them the game or something. Yeah, <laughs> just, like, yeah. Like, a, like a late HIA to one of the halves. He comes in and he sort of sets up or scores the winning try. You know, yeah. th- you know these narratives are all possible and, uh, you know, has – 
all of Parramatta, well, half of half of the half of Western Sydney believing, and I say half because let's move over to the other half, and that is the Penrith Panthers. Mickey, it's no surprise, is it, that the that the Penrith Panthers are here on Grand Final Day? You know, we we predicted it at the start of the year before before uh, before kickoff, but you know they had to go out and do it. I mean, we have seen teams who have been in a really good position who haven't been able to go on and. And, and, and get it done. Um, you know, they're striving for back-to-back premierships. It's certainly not easy. Very few teams have kind of done it. But, yeah, what's your thoughts on, on, on the Penrith Panthers' season overall? Um, unbelievable. Minor premiership, they're here again, and they're trying to go back-to-back. Yeah, they have been very consistent. And I don't know, I, I just feel like that I don't want them to go back to back because I like that the Roosters have been one of the early teams of late to go back to back. And I don't want somebody else to come and take that from us, but who knows it could happen. And it's just one of those things. It's football. It's a game, whatever. Um, But, you know, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how they go. I feel like if they win, it's going to be all about, Nathan Cleary and like being the golden boy. I don't know. I feel like it's always about him with Penrith. Um, so I think it's anything, isn't it? Climate change, how the global economy is going. It's it's all <laughs> uh, either Nathan Cleary's uh, fault or, or or he's been a part of it. Well, let, let's let's run through their their uh, roster and have a bit of a talk about you know where they're going to be successful. Dylan, Dylan Edwards, let's start at the fullback position. Mickey, what makes him great? You know, again, you, you're comparing against, you know, Latrell Mitchell, James Tedesco, Tom Travoyevic, some of the best players in the game. And then, you know, you, we've always spoken about the fact that he doesn't get the credit that he does deserve, you know, but what makes him a good player? Um, he is so incredibly safe and it is underrated. You know, you know, he just doesn't make mistakes in the biggest moments. You know, he, he's always there, you know, positions, positions himself well uh, and, and, you know, cleans up that part of his game. So, you know, I, I think that's something that is a little bit underrated is, is his ability in the air. Also, his yardage carries as well. You expect these big boppers to come out of, you know, uh, you know, come out of your own end and really drive Penrith forward. What I've been noticing lately is Dylan Edwards is getting better and better, you know, you know, getting to it, getting getting his front, getting that fast play of the ball and getting plenty of metres. And the last thing that continues to make him an absolute pest is his fitness. Mickey, Dylan Edwards has to be the fittest player in rugby league at the moment because at every moment, every set of six, he is just constantly hunting the ruck, waiting for an opportunity. And, you know, you, you watch it in your own teams where there's like a bit of a half break, someone looks back for an offload and there's no one there. Well, for the Penrith Panthers... Dylan Edwards is always there for that opportunity. Talk to me a little bit about Dill because, again, he, he's one of their most important players at the moment. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty much like what, exactly what I was going to say. He's always there. I always find that you can't let him get into space because once he's in that space, I don't know, he just seems like you can't catch him. <laughs> like he just always seems to get through and, yeah, I don't know. It just every time I see him with the ball, I'm like, oh, they better shut him down, otherwise he's he's going over. Um, I just yeah, feel like he's one of yeah, they're safe players that they can always just rely on to be there. So he's probably just got a good poker face, you know. He's probably absolutely rat shit tired, but 
You know, he's just yeah. got the ability to put a smile on his face and, uh, you know, fake it, you know, that he that he's not. But, yeah, look, just that motor. He's an energizer bunny and just continues to attack, attack, attack. And, look, you know, gamble responsibly, but Dylan Edwards to score a try in that second half when a few of the forwards are tied. Um, you know, again, gamble responsibly, but I'd, I'd be I'd be all, all over that. Um, you know, looking at their outside backs, obviously they've, they've got the young, youthful edge there with um, led by Isaac Targo. You know, it's going to be interesting to see whether – you know, he has a big moment. Again, it's really hard to tell. You know, it's either going to be too much, you know, the moment or, you know, he's able to arrive, he's able to shine. So, you know, let's keep an eye on him. We know his talent. You know, he really shouldn't be performing this well for another couple of seasons. He's so young. But again, Penrith continue to bring through some incredible uh, incredible players. But, you know, Mickey, our focus is going to be on the more experienced edge, uh, Stephen Crichton, Brian To'o. You know, we did challenge uh, Tyo and Crichton. Um, you know, you know, last week. You know, they're, they're outstanding. They set their own standards. We kind of assess them at a different level. Mickey, they're, they're kind of delivering. I mean, it's especially Tyo. Um, I'd, I'd like to see a couple of explosive moments from Crichton. Um, you know, he has had some challenges in in, in some of the bigger games. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to really want to come out and put his stamp on this game. But you know, Brian Tyo, you talk about important plays for Penrith. He, he's Again, he's unrivaled at the moment. Yeah, again, he's one of those players you don't want to let get into that open space. And we saw that last weekend against Parramatta when he, you know, pretty much ran the length of the field to almost – or did he did, – I can't remember yeah, he if he did. scored. Was, yeah. And, 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 and I thought, you know, he was starting to look a little – you know, that pace wasn't quite there, but he just kind of reminded everyone. He's like, no, 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 you know, don't, don't let the quads – uh, fool you. I've still <laughs> yeah. got, I've still got the juice and I've still got the ability, but you know, you look at teams and, and, you know, Penrith got a little, you know, looked a little bit rattled. We'll talk about Coruscant in a second, but you know, Penrith, you know, on the back forward, struggling on their way out. You don't often hear that because of Tyo, you know, his ability to get those 200 run meters, get his team out of trouble. Um, you know, it's pretty inspiring. You see Tyo getting thrown around, you know, the forwards, they just get back in there and help. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit about the playmakers. Um, you know, Jerome Luai, Mickey, an interesting one heading into this one. He's a player that, you know, everyone loves to hate, and the Parramatta Eels fans will be certainly be hating on Luai. He plays definitely on the edge. There's a lot of shit to his game. You know, he's very aggressive, talks a lot of shit on the football field. Um, yeah, talk to me about Luai because, again, you know, there were moments at the start of the game where things weren't exactly working, and I, and I felt like he sort of come up with, with some poor decisions. Um, obviously, things looked a little bit better towards that second half, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see if Luai can really settle into this one because sometimes he lets the emotions get the better of him. Yeah, I was literally going to say that I feel like he does get really angry and that sort of takes away from his game. He gets, like, too worked up about it and then he doesn't play at his full potential. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like he's going to come out firing and I think it's just going to take that one early call for his game just to be it's, turned off. It's difficult, isn't it? Because you, you know, I want to see him be the player that's been to three consecutive green finals to have that composure, to be that experienced player. But that's not Lua. You know, he, he's going to come out, he's going to run, he's going to be dancing around, he's going to be skipping on the outside to try and create space for his edge. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's going to be a bit of a delicate balance to see how he settles into the early part of this one. And or, I, I don't know. Oh, sorry. No, don't no, go for it. Go for it. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like sometimes, I don't know, maybe, I don't know if it's just me, but maybe sometimes he tries to overcomplicate things when he's in there trying to like get these plays to happen and get those meters. Like 
I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of just throwing the ball around for them without getting the meters. And once he settles in, incredible. One of the best players in the game. I mean, he's short kicking game. I mean, it's just, I love that shit. I love the ability to apply a little bit of patience and build pressure and get those repeat sets. And the Luai, you know, that short kicking, I mean, Nathan Clip, we're going to get to him in a second, but, you know, Luai, he's definitely got a few tricks in the books, that's for sure. All right, let's talk about the golden child, the golden boy, Nathan Cleary. Um, look, again, he is, he's, he's starting to build that Cam Smith reputation where people fake hate him, you know what I mean? Where, you know, he's just so good. He's had so much success that it's easy to not like Nathan Cleary, but, you know, you do have to take a step back, as we did when Cam Smith was playing to say, look, this is a little bit different. We haven't seen this. And again, as, as a Newcastle Knights fan who is screaming out for a playmaker to just come in and take control of the franchise, Nathan Cleary um, has been outstanding. Um, Mickey, I, I'm going to talk about Coruscant in a second because he, he is pretty important. Probably what I would say is something a little bit similar to what we talked about with Luai. I would like Cleary to try and take control of the grand final early. Um, obviously, we saw the Penrith Panthers get behind against the South Sydney Rabbitohs. They missed the jump. I really feel like Nathan Cleary is going to be really, really important here to kind of set the tempo, that long kicking game. I don't know. I wouldn't like to see Panthers fall behind 12-0 against the Parramatta Eels. I don't know if they could pin them back, unlike unlike the Rabbitohs. Yeah, and I feel like Cleary's the player that Parramatta's probably going to have a lot of focus on shutting down because I feel like without him, they will struggle a bit more, especially like with that leadership that he does bring. Um, so I think for Parramatta, seeing them shut him down will definitely be something. And it's hard. I like, I, I know I want him to kick to corners. I want the 40 twenties. I want the battle of possession. I really want him to sort of grind out and, and, and set up grand final football. But to be honest, Mickey, do we want him doing anything other than kicking those bombs because they are going to abs- – I mean, Wonga Blake, I mean, I just – he is going to torture him. You know, Parramatta, that, that's going to have to be the game plan for Parramatta this week is to figure out how are we going to catch these bombs because, you know, I'm not being dramatic. You, you drop one ball in a green final and that could cost you a championship, especially against a team like the Penrith Panthers. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I just expect one to go down, and it's going to be the difference. So, yeah. again, you know, what, what is it going to mean? It means that Parramatta are going to have to apply kick pressure. They might even have to give a penalty for a bit of a late shot on Cleary, but I want to see Cleary tackled to the ground every single time he kicks. None of this cuddling, none of this sort of getting blocked by blockers. Parramatta Reels, if you want to win the grand final, you have to get Cleary down on the ground every single tackle. It's going to be very, very yeah. interesting. Maybe Parramatta need to bring Matt Burton in to training or something so he <laughs> yeah. can kick some of those bombs to them to practice. Yeah, that's all right. Just, just uh, you know, bring him down. Um, you know, obviously, you know, the Penrith Panthers forwards, you know, we'll talk a little bit about them. Uh, Viliami Kikiao, he is that X factor trying to control his way of playing, especially in his last game. There's going to be so much emotion. I remember watching him in that grand final where they lost to the Melbourne Storm where it was just frantic. And, and it was a little bit like we saw against South Sydney at the start of that game. I just want to see Kikau settle into the game and absolutely dominate when the opposition is fatigued. You know, obviously, you know, the James Fisher-Harris kick out, they're going to be crazy. They're going to be trying to sort of, you know, lay the platform early. But I don't know. I just feel like kick out, 
you know, look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I'd be tempted to bring him in off the bench just to kind of protect him because you can't have a repeat of what we saw with Kikau at times where he just goes over the edge a little bit. So trying to contain him is going to be important. You know, effectively where we spoke about, you know, Nathan Cleary's uh, bombs are going to, you know, they're going to be a big part of this. You know, Liam Martin, Isaiah Yao, I think they're going to be a big part of this. They are so consistent. Um, they're going to be a big part of what Penrith want to do. But the last one I want to talk about is Api Corusau. He needs to start. You know, nothing against Mitch Kenny, probably the future, you know, probably going to be, you know, someone that they look at. But Api Corusau, <clears throat> things were just absolutely chaotic, you know, in that game against South Sydney. One man came into the rescue, and that was Api Corusau. He is just so important. He doesn't overdo it. He has just so much chemistry with his playmakers, um, and defensively, he's been brilliant. So, look, Parramatta, you know, Parramatta, I, I think they might get the jump on, on the Penrith Panthers if they keep Appy on the bench. Mickey, what's your, what's your thoughts on that situation? Confusing. Got one of the best players in the game. This is his last ever game for the club. Surely he starts, right? Yeah, maybe last weekend they just knew that they were going to win, so thought they'd give him a little bit of a rest off. Yeah. <laughs> and then starting this week, a bit extra fresh. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but, yeah, he's I, he'd definitely be important to start on because he's got that experience yeah, and he's as got, well. He's so important. I, I, you know, all these HIAs and, you know, people in the sin bin as well. I just want to throw a name in the mix, Spencer Lenu. Um, he is, if he plays, obviously he's going to pass all, all these protocols, but, but he's, he is an angry dude and I can just see him, you know, copping a little bit of a sin bin going over the edge. There are a few Penrith Panthers players here mm-hmm. who love that enforced tag. Keep an eye on Spencer. He is an absolute lunatic out there. All right. No sitting on the fence. Mickey, it is your time. I think you sort of, you, you sort of gave us a little bit of an indication as where you might go with this, but um, yeah, what's your prediction for the GF? Yeah, I'm going for Parramatta. I want to see them win. Um, I, I think it'll be close. I don't think – I can't see it going to Golden Point. Um, I think it'll be like a a, a four-point ball game. So There we go. That would be one yeah. of the upsets of all upsets. Look, I'm going I'm going chalk. I'm going the Penrith Panthers to win here, 24 points to 12. Uh, you know, it, it's just hard to believe that the Penrith Panthers won't get it done here. But – as I say, most weeks, the start's going to be really impressive. Penrith Panthers have shown that they can, um, you know, that they can sort of, you know, fall a little bit behind. So if they do that against Parramatta, I think they're going to have serious problems. But, yeah, the Penrith Panthers uh, to get the job done here. All right, team, let's move through to our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Mickey, easy one for you. Uh, the question I've got is who wins the Clive Churchill medal? Obviously, you've got the Parramatta Eels getting the job done there. So which Parramatta Eel uh, gets the medal? I think if it's anything like last week, it might be Sean Lane. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was, that's my gut feeling. If Parramatta wins, be... him or Dylan Brown, maybe. I don't know. If, if it's not one of, yeah, if it's not either Dylan Brown or Moses, I'm thinking, yeah, Sean Lane. That would be so. incredible. Look again, I'm going chalk. I'm going to go Nathan Cleary. 24 points to 12. Penrith Panthers get the win here. Nathan Cleary wins the Clive. But as an outsider, gamble responsibly, someone to keep an eye on is Dylan Edwards. He is in special form at the moment. Don't be surprised if he gets a couple of tries. They keep Cleary somewhat a little bit quiet, as quiet as you can, you know, leading a team to a grand final victory. It'll be difficult. But, um, yeah, Dylan Edwards, another player to keep an eye on. 
All right, team, that's all the time we have, and that is season two of the NRL show in the books, done and dusted. Just want to thank my amazing panel, always bringing the heat each and every week as we talk all things rugby league. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate all of your support this year. It has really meant so much. Uh, And fear not, we'll be back before we know it for season three. And there's plenty of Mojo Sport content to keep you guys preoccupied as we go on our little break. Our In Focus show, we sit down and we interview sports people. We're going to continue to roll that out. Um, you know, Again, just want to thank you. Uh, all the banter, all the connections on the socials, really do appreciate uh, your support. Continue to do that. Continue to support us. Download each of our shows that get released. Um, you know, Again, it just means so much on behalf of myself and everyone here at Mojo Sports. Again, thank you for choosing Mojo Sports. Until next time. Until next time, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports. Mojo Sports.